Information is not knowledge. Albert Einstein said that. It still stands. Imagination is more important than knowledge. For knowledge is limited to all we now know and understand, while imagination embraces the entire world and all there ever will be to know and understand. Albert Einstein said that also. I agree. Welcome to the journey. We are the flag bearers of the innovations of the past, the champions of what is to come. This is the gathering place, the proving ground, where hands-on experience separates reality from rumor. is a pilgrimage site for all those who thrive on the business of consumer technology. In case you haven't felt it yet, you have entered the future. You're in that zone where everything is a blur, a whiz, a wow, an OMG, WTF, SMH, steady me. You are in that space where natives have no clue what your fuss is about. Hair requires more imagination. Here, the speed of creative thought is breathtaking. <sighs> Here, your silos are garbage cans. If you weren't born here, you are now in a space where one must re-envision what one's relationship to life ought to be and could be. Ladies and gentlemen, you are on the journey. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again, all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Let me introduce you to a unique young man who will escort us across this threshold. Many of you have heard his voice. Do you know who I'm talking about? Here's a hint. Hello and welcome to The Journey, your radio show, hosted by Neville D'Angelo, author of A Soundbite Life and Flight of the Fused Monkeys, a PRG Emerging Technologies Forum keynote speaker and founder of Rio Sports. I am Joseph Ellison. Enjoy! I am Neville. 
Joseph is a student of the American Broadcasting School. Yes, coming to you soon. Your next radio broadcaster, Joseph Ellison. He is an avid gamer, and he's got some wow discussions to have with us in coming segments. This segment, which we've entitled The Future is Here, Put on Your Technology, is our intro into the journey's technology segments during which we will engage a number of fascinating life, health, wealth, business, and relationship issues that are and will be powerfully impacted by exponential advancements in technology. Joseph, welcome. First, though, let me invite our audience to look around, take a look at your immediate vicinity, see how technology has changed your relationship with the world in recent times. Then Joseph will let us in on why he is here today. I'm uh, here to talk specifically about what I think is coming as far as the future uh, in technology in, in, uh, in the coming year that we have as uh, 2014. Can you begin by telling the audience what the Consumer Electronics Show that CES uh, does and what exciting things are happening there? Um, there's a lot of uh, really interesting stuff. Um, one thing that I was particularly excited about that I actually just read about today is there's um, a new sort of haptic technology, which is, uh, say, for example, if you have a touch screen on your phone or any surface where you might have a touch screen. Mm-hmm. Um, some people complained when they first came out that I can't feel it when I'm <laughs> typing. Right. You know, you type on a keyboard and you right. get to have the really precise touch of really slamming that period button or whenever you get done with a sentence. Right. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, but very similarly, now there is a touchscreen that has the ability to lift up and in the areas where you might be touching the keyboard, uh-huh. where it's an actual feeling. You get to press into the screen, and you get to physically feel the thing. And um, it's also um, stretching out to where not only is it where the keyboard always is on the screen, which, mm-hmm. you know, if you have a smartphone or any uh, thing with a device with a keyboard, you know where it usually shows up. Right. But there will be things like uh, popular games or what have you that will figure out where the buttons are and will raise that certain portion of the screen. Mm-hmm. And that's exciting for me. A lot of the things that happen in CES are exciting for me, not necessarily for the technology in itself, mm-hmm. but that it's happening mm-hmm. so that we can move on, so that right. there's, there's something coming for it in the future. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly one of them. Um, modular technology. That's a really interesting uh, concept that's happening right now. That's, it's happening in small pockets. And what I mean by that is... Uh, Something that's modular happens in smaller chunks and blocks rather mm-hmm. than one solid thing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the two examples I have specifically are uh, Razer, uh, R-A-Z-E-R, which is a popular sort of hardcore gaming uh, company. They make high-powered, uh, usually computers. Or so it's nothing to do with shaving. No, no, no. Uh, no, for, no not at all. Um, 
Uh, you could try to shave with it if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure how successful you'd be. But um, they uh, make high-powered gaming things for the, the more hardcore set or what have you, mm-hmm. uh, be it computers or headphones or mice or what have you. Mm-hmm. And um, they actually came out with a Project Christine, I believe is what it was called, and it is a modular computer. Now, uh, people that know about computers know that uh, when you take off that case on the outside, it's little bits. Here's the, the, the motherboard, here's the CPU, and all these things. And uh, so it is modular already in a sense. Mm-hmm. But the way this works is that rather than having that big box on the outside, each individual part is a small, uh, is a sort of cylindrical uh, piece that you place into the uh, the machine at large. Mm-hmm. And so you can uh, say uh, you run out of a hard drive space or what have you. You can take it off. Mm-hmm. And then put in a new one, mm-hmm. and of course you can do that now. Oh, I was just say but that. Yeah, yeah, of course you can do that now. But that takes you know if you you have to kind of know what well, you're you doing in a, in, a, in a greater sense. And so uh, this is just plug in, plug out, plug in. Most right. certainly, and of course it goes along with uh, what Razer already does, which is uh, they usually put in very high powered things, and sort and certainly it can be a little more expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's even uh, mineral oil cooled and what have you. Mm-hmm. So it's it's got a little bit of the the cool factor in it to to make people excited about it. Um, uh, now, a couple of places that uh, I was reading about this believe that it may be uh, what's known as vaporware, which means it technically doesn't really right, exist. Right. It's 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 a prospective thing. It's basically Razor coming out as a company and saying, ah, ah, you know, <laughs> trying to see if anybody's excited about it. Um, so. The, again, the fact that that exists mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the fact that if it comes out, other companies may try it really excites me. Mm-hmm. And similarly, uh, phone blocks, which came out at the end of last year, in fact, uh, it tried to get a lot of its funding and a lot of its excitement around uh, this big um, social media jump that it did in October. Mm-hmm. It basically got all of the friends or all of its friends, all of the people that liked its fan page, it said, okay, everybody talk about it today, right now, mm-hmm. because we want all of the larger companies to say, well, maybe this is an exciting thing. Maybe this is something that people actually want. And so back up, Phoneblox um, operates on the concept um, we know about uh, planned obsolescence, mm-hmm. most certainly, right, in, right. in uh, technology, especially cars. We can't deny it, and cars and computers especially, too. Mm-hmm. Um, this concept that eventually your stuff is meant mm-hmm. to wear out, or uh, in two years the newer, sexier model that can you know, chop up french fries or something ridiculous, right. that one's going to come out and somebody wants that. Mm-hmm. And you have to decide whether you want to pick that or you know, be the, not the coolest guy on the street anymore. Mm-hmm. And so... Phoneblocks wants to uh, alleviate that, or in, in especially in a way to make it easier for people to get what they want out of a phone by making it a modular experience. So the central um, the central portion of Phoneblocks is similar to a, a pegboard or whatever that you would hang hang up in your garage mm-hmm. to have all of your tools hung up on it. It has a series of holes that are connected in, in circuitry. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, the screen that you would put on the front that you would see on any iPhone or any Google uh, device or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the back end of it is, again, full of holes so that you can put in and plug in different parts of it made from either different companies that you may like or may enjoy, and depending on what you need. So say, for example, um, you're big into the technology and you use the cloud a lot. Mm-hmm. So you don't need a lot of memory space because you use a lot of the cloud. So you would take off 
the bigger chunk of memory, maybe have a smaller one and maybe have a bigger speaker or a bigger battery or a more powerful or something like this. And th these are the things that it's doing. And, of course, the best thing about this is say something breaks down, say something breaks uh, just one part of the circuitry. Rather than if you had an iPhone, you'd have to chuck it or you'd take it to you know somebody and they would probably tell you you might as well get a new one because this one's broke you know, terribly. Mm -hmm. Rather than do that, you take off the broken part and order another one. How do you see the big players, um, do you see them uh, accepting this new thing or, you know, the iPhones, the yeah. Samsung? Samsung, Samsung. Um, I, I, I see it in a sense, especially if they can carry the brand loyalty. Mm -hmm. We know already that, I, that Apple is great at their brand loyalty. Most people that, you know, Apple is usually a very polarizing figure. Either people, all Apple, everything right, they own is Apple, right, right. or think Apple is an evil corporation <laughs> destined to steal all of your money. Um, and, that's the, and that's where it is. And so right. I think that um, small, you know, smaller companies especially could get into this, but the larger companies can say, you know, it, it's, it really forces them, I think, to make a solid product to make something for uh, something for phone blocks to say you know if if I want them to pick my battery if I want them to pick the amount of memory that I give out I'm going to have to make something that works mm -hmm. and what have you so um, let's see what happens if this if phone blocks hits the ground right let's see what happens if they change the way that the other companies do the way the things they do because if this if this gets really popular then in order for the apples in order for the samsungs mm -hmm. to be able to compete they'll have to make something like this because mm -hmm. people will be starting to figuring out uh, will start okay. to figure okay. out like okay. that this this is clearly not a working model for us mm -hmm. um very similar um and this is kind of non sequitur but to to give a concept um i'm a huge beer nerd that's a big interesting thing uh for me mm -hmm. and so a lot of people now are starting to get tired of the Budweiser, of right. the, the Anheuser-Busch, of the big players, and they want the smaller players, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because they feel like the quality is there and, you know, that it's really being made and whatever. So um, now you'll hear uh, Budweiser just put out, uh, I think it's Budweiser Select or whatever, and it says, it's craft beer without being craft beer. And so they're already acknowledging that they're losing mm -hmm. and still trying to, to make to approach that, that audience. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I would like to see if that happens mm -hmm. in the in the tech, as far as this plant obsolescence, this this phone, this modular technology uh, taking off. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see it happens. Now, did you did you did you hear about that curve um, TV that they're making? To Certainly, so yes. The, 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 the OLED. Um, right. I really like that concept. Simply because, uh, and they spoke about it a few years back at CES when OLED first hit the market. Mm -hmm. And they said, look at this, we can curve and turn and all this stuff. And I believe I remember seeing um, someone put a screen inside uh, the leaves of a book and they closed the book and opened the book. And mm -hmm. as they were, it was moving, mm -hmm. the screen still worked. Mm -hmm. And so the, the exciting thing about that for me is that's where I think a lot of this, um, the wearable technology that I want to get to in wow. a minute. Okay, good. well, I didn't mean to. No, no, no. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's right. because it relates. Is It's where a lot of this wearable technology is going to come from. If mm -hmm. we can have flexible things, these, mm -hmm. excuse me, these flexible screens mm -hmm. 
then I can wear a screen. I don't have to have this odd, flat object on me that is, is very breakable and, and what have you. And so um, what, I'm see what I've seen in a couple instances is that OLED is still a little too expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, Samsung and LG, from what I re recall, are two companies that are majorly pushing uh, OLED as far as this is the future, this is where TVs are going right now. Mm -hmm. um, however, from what I've read so far, they haven't done so well in making it approachable and especially affordable mm -hmm. uh, to the general consumer. In fact, I think they released what um, LG, I think, it just released a 110-inch OLED for, what, $115,000? Right. So, <laughs> no, thank you. Right. Uh, uh, I'll have to save tips for a little while for that. Um, but right. so uh, there is a concept that um, UHD, Ultra HD, is possibly the next big thing. Though, I mean, we may be in a similar instance with that as we were uh, say a few years back with Blu-ray and, right. and uh, HD DVD, which one wins? Right. And uh, it would be interesting to see if uh, the people that won won for the same reason as Blu-ray versus <laughs> HD DVD. Uh, but uh, so that, but even so, I think still ultra ultra HD rather is in its infancy and still mm -hmm. is at a place where it's a little too expensive. Mm -hmm. for, a little, <laughs> yeah, for the for the general consumer. But it is, again, like I said, that's one of those technologies that it's exciting for what it can make, can make right. in, the, in the future. Now, you were talking earlier to me about the onesies. Yes. Right. Uh, so on the, the subject of wearable technologies, mm -hmm. I think that's a big thing mm -hmm. that we're going to have uh, coming down, especially starting this year in spades. Because we, uh, we've been playing around with it a little bit with um, uh, watches especially and mm -hmm. uh, these new activity trackers. It's a big thing right now. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you want the, fuel, the Nike Fuel Band and uh, some of the others I can't recall specifically. Um, but this technology that you want to wear and have on you at all times. And so speaking specifically about the ones, since you mentioned it, um, Intel, mm -hmm. the, the company that makes the microchips and the computers, is... Uh, specifically uh, has said that they're throwing their entire weight behind wearable technology within the next few years, mm -hmm. which is a big thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think it will take for something like wearable technology to really take off is mm -hmm. for a large player to say, this is what we do from now on. Mm -hmm. We're going to put a lot of our efforts into doing this. And so uh, the, the onesie itself uh, functions somewhat like a, a really high-tech baby monitor, which parents out there may have, of course, experience with. And the idea is that it's uh, several sizes. They have size from 0 to 12 months. Um, and it has these, a pair of stripes that have the uh, ability to, to check the respiratory levels of the baby, tell how it's breathing, if it's breathing slowly or quickly, obviously if it's sleeping or have woken up mm. uh, or crying or something to that effect. Mm. And it also has a small, uh, sort of adorably uh, turtle-shaped a uh, little clip-on that actually clips around the hip of, of baby, and you can attach that to your phone also. And that's where uh, your the smart part of this really kicks in, is that it connects to the phone, your phone. And I believe they're also toying around with this idea of having a sort of smart mug, like a coffee mug, that would be able to display this information as well. Well, let's, let's go back before. I don't, don't want to cut you. But when you say connect to your phone, just yes. explain to us. 
what that is. Uh, it specifically connects uh, through uh, Bluetooth. Okay. So right. Uh, right. It, I don't. It does come off, but I think it comes off mostly because uh, I wouldn't wash it with that on there. Right. Uh, also because uh, you don't want baby to we be wearing the same onesie uh, every day. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, it, so the, um, the it does connect through Bluetooth uh, mm -hmm. specifically to your phone, mm -hmm. and um, it can relay a whole bunch of information, uh, heart rate, uh, whether where its body is positioned, mm -hmm. uh, things like that, based on what the the sensors on it can feel. Uh, the exciting thing is that um, Intel is planning to uh, put a very powerful uh, computer in it for its size. It's going to be very small. Mm -hmm. uh, starting this summer. They decided that they didn't want to release it because they aren't releasing the, the computer itself mm -hmm. until this summer, so they're not going to give you access to, to the technology before they're ready to. So the, what they want to do with that is they're setting it up so that um, they can, the, the companies uh, can make uh, easier make applications for the, the, the smart onesie, which um, I mention it also specifically because that is one of very few things in CES 2014, that is launching. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's coming out this week. Right. Now, you mentioned it for babies, but I see the same kind of activity um, monitor kind of yes. thing for, for all kids. But let's, if it's, I don't know when, if, if they're restricting it to babies alone, because obviously at some point the child will want to play with that. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so how do they deal with that problem? It, it does It does go up uh, 0 to 12 months. Um, so, okay, so it stops there? Yeah, it stops at a year. And mm -hmm. um, it, as far as it's how removable it is, I'm pretty certain that it would be something uh, similar to like a child-safe pill bottle or something that it's difficult for children to understand how to open. Well, you, you don't know these I children do, I don't, I don't, in these days. Well, I, <laughs> no, yeah. I don't mean that. Yeah, I just... <laughs> You know, what's this? Yeah. What's this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're not supposed to be doing that in six months, but they're... they're yeah, they're starting to figure it out, yeah. Um... <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I don't. I obviously that's conjecture at this point, and I should, I should of course mention I'm by no means an expert on this field. No, I don't. I'm just giving uh, heart. <laughs> but uh, that's, yeah, that's the the concept. And of course, you know, by 12 months or whatever, then the baby's done with it. Um, I do, again that what you mentioned with possibly being for children, that is something that again we could see mm -hmm. uh, in the future. This possible uh, some sort of uh, monitoring system or whatever. I'm not sure the children would be very excited <laughs> about that, but. It's uh, something we could possibly see for the helicopter parent uh, in, in, in the near future. Speaking of wearable technology, one of the main reasons that I think that, that, I think that it might be coming off this year again is uh, because there's a really interesting um, printer system, and we're seeing now through 3D printers and things like that that printing is not just for getting your paperwork off your computer anymore, um, but a printer that is actually capable of printing circuits, mm -hmm. capable of printing circuitry mm -hmm. on anything, really. It, it's, uh, I've seen it print on, of course, regular paper, mm -hmm. but it can also print on cloth, which mm -hmm. is one of the major things why people are saying this is a huge step mm -hmm. for um, seeing, techno seeing technology in the clothes that we wear. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, from what I can tell, this is still somewhat in its infancy, and they're still working on it. They're still testing it, um, and it's not, you know, everybody and their mom doesn't have one, similarly to uh, 3D printers right now. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it's coming, and should that come out, I think that would make it a lot easier for 
uh, of course, you know, larger companies, of course, that are already doing it right now, but smaller people, you know, mm-hmm. uh, inventors, uh, small-scale developers to start working on these uh, this wearable technology um, and, and really sort of design where we're going with that. Now, 3D printers in and of itself, they've been talking about this for about, I don't know, like two or, 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 or three years. years. Yeah. yeah. And um, But there were some concerns. I mean, everybody, the, I start hearing about people trying to print a gun. Print, yes, right. right. People so have, talk to yeah. me about, well, where is that going now? Uh, 3D printers, from what I can tell at this point, very, very few 3D printers are, uh, shall we say, consumer-friendly. Right. Uh, they're very, uh, you know, especially in price mm-hmm. right now. Some of them are uh, very cost-prohibitive as far as how much. And, uh, yes, of course, uh, some of them can actually, if you know how it works, you can print a real and operating gun. But I'm not particularly afraid of that simply because if you want a gun, you'll get you one. Get, right. Yeah. No, but, but the point I'm making is that it seems... Is there any limit into the kinds of things that a 3D printer can print? Or do we see the day when you just say, this is what I want, and it's going to print it? Um, it seems really as far as what you design on uh, whatever, like a computer or what have you, mm. uh, you is what, I think it might be limited somewhat by the material that you are using to print with. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, it, it's certainly exciting. Um, uh and I, I think yes, it's it's limited somewhat by your imagination, by what you can get on the computer, and what um, again, what uh, what medium you're using, so to speak. Because I do recall one thing that a lot of people are excited about with um, the 3D printing is what if we can make a printer that can print with living cells, oh. and that we can make uh, we can print a kidney, we can print a liver, or things like this. Um, I believe that idea is very much in in in, play. in planning in planning stages mm-hmm. right now, and of course people are thinking about it, but we're probably a little ways off from that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but that yeah. that is an is an exciting thing. Um, I have seen um, one or two 3D printers that a lot of people are saying are a little closer to being the general consumer friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, my issue that I bear with 3D printers in general is that I don't, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a very selfish concept, but I don't have a reason to, to own a 3D printer. <laughs> Though I'm certain it, uh, it's much like every new technology where you get one and you right. play with it, and, and then, then you, you say, de- I yeah. gotta have one. Uh, yeah, you just you, you decide like, well, how did I live at all without well, this? Te- like uh, right. my dad when he got the the DVR, the ability to rewind and skip commercials and all those things. Right. He was like, why? How did I watch TV <laughs> when I before I had this? And I said, well, pretty well actually. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we've only just begun itemizing some of these peripherals. But do you realize you are probably already wearing your technology? We've provided you with some links with a number of videos. You can check out CES 2014. Oh, did I mention that you can print eatables? Yes, I know I didn't say edibles. Eatables. You print it and you can eat it. It is not the individual items that is going to impact us or not impact us, depending upon where you're standing, but the interconnectedness of them. As we continue our technology segments, check them out 
on thejourney.riasports.com. We will slide deeper and deeper into this world of future that we are in. We'll get into more of that when we meet again in the technology segment. Thank you, Joseph Ellison. And don't forget to check out our links. The Journey is available free on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, Rio Sports Radio, and several of your favorite internet platforms. Download, embed, and share via any of the social media you love. Meet us on thejourney.riosports.com. That is thejourney.riosports.com. Tell us what you think. What is technology doing to you, for you, or with you? See you next week.